Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 438. Today, it's all about you as we're diving into the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast email inbox. That's a lot of social media words right there, and we're going to answer as many questions as I can on this week's episode, because after all, I want to make sure we catch up with what we've got. Here we go. So as you know, we always answer listener questions on this podcast, but this week, I wanted to catch up on some of these emails. I want to make sure that they are timely. I want to make sure that if you take the time to send me an email, that I answer them in a reasonable amount of time. So that being said, if you want to send me an email to be answered on an upcoming episode, you can always do so by sending them to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And after this episode, the email inbox will be substantially lower, so better chance of your email getting read a lot quicker. That being said, let's hop into the email, starting off with our first email today, and that is from Renee, who writes, Hi, Matt. We're debating to drive to the Port of Miami instead of flying for our upcoming cruise. What is the best parking for a two-week back-to-back? So thank you for the email, Renee. And of course, when it comes to parking, what Renee is really asking me is, should she park at the port or should she park somewhere else? In general, I always advocate parking at the port. It's just so much more convenient for the most important reason. Number one, I hate shuttles. Every time I've ever parked offsite, the shuttle services have always just been slow. You gotta park your car and then you gotta wait for a shuttle. They load your luggage on there. You're competing with other people to get a spot on there. And it's just wasting time. I would much rather park at the port. Yes, it does cost a little bit extra, but that convenience factor is worth it. And I would argue it's even more important on the last day of the cruise when you're getting off the ship and all you wanna do is just get your stuff and go home. You're tired because you woke up early to get off the ship. You're disappointed, frustrated, the the cruise is over, and now you got to go home, but you want to go sit on a a shuttle bus with other people? No way. No thank you. So I definitely recommend parking at the port. It costs a little bit extra. And and also on top of that, speaking of the cost, I really don't think you save that much money parking off-site. Truly, it's not like it's like half off or a quarter of the price. Usually, you're talking much closer to like maybe three quarters or something like that. Anyway, I, I just don't think this is where you should... Uh, you know, try to save some pennies. I think parking at the port is just the way to go. It's just the convenience factor is worth it every single time. So Renee, I would definitely recommend parking at the port. It's just super, super easy over there. Next email is from uh, Mylon Horton who writes, Hi Matt, I've been listening and watching your YouTube for two years now. I just booked my first Royal Caribbean cruise for October 2022 on Symphony of the Seas and I got some Royal Caribbean gift cards for Christmas. Is it true I cannot use the gift cards on board? Per the fine print, they can only be used to pay down the balance of my cruise fare. Thanks. Uh, Mylon, you are correct. Yeah, the Royal Caribbean gift cards, I don't recommend them at all. Now, you got one, Mylon, so I'm just telling this for other people who may be thinking about it. Do not purchase Royal Caribbean gift cards or gift certificates or anything like that. They do exist, but they're not like a gift card that you get, you know, for Amazon or Starbucks where you take the gift card and it's as good as cash and you can use it. The Royal Caribbean gift cards slash gift certificates have crazy complicated redemption rules that just make it, quite frankly, unusable or untenable in my experience. They have, there are very strict restrictions and no, you can't use them on the ship. Like, you know, you know, uh, I'd like to order a drink. Here's my gift card. It doesn't work that way. Um, it's, it's just something to be, to be used before the cruise. Um, in some situations, my one, depending on your gift certificate, I remember one time we used one and we could actually use it and it got applied as, as an onboard credit. So 
you've got one. You got one for Christmas. Of course, you said thank you. You know, I would definitely apply it to an upcoming sailing. Make sure you read those redemption rules. Make sure you have enough time. As I also recall, there are specific, you can't add it at the last minute. It needs to be applied within a certain time window. Again, another reason why I don't recommend these. But you should apply to your cruise fare, knock down the price of it, however you want to do it. But in the future, tell your family member or friend, hey, while I appreciate that, don't do that. If you want to give a gift card to somebody, I would just say give them a Visa gift card, something like that, that they can be used as cash and then they can cash that out and just be you know, brought on board the ship. There just isn't a very good option if you want to gift somebody money to be used on the ship. This is a very common request and I'm quite frankly surprised Royal Caribbean hasn't really moved in this direction to say, you know, if, if I want to gift somebody a hundred bucks, you know, for, you know, like, or more specifically, a uh, better example, it might be like, you know, uh, my mother wants to gift my daughter you know, for, for her birthday, you know, some spending money on board, right? It doesn't really work that way. The only way they can really work is for, you know, her to give me the cash and then I would maybe apply the cash to the onboard account or just simply pocket it and just know that my, you know, daughter can spend a certain amount of money on board the ship. You could, of course, take that cash, go to get services, put it down as a, as a credit, and that will absolutely work as well. Um, but unfortunately for the Royal Caribbean gift cards, it's just, they're not great. They're, I just don't recommend them at all. And it's one of those things that it's not even hard. It's not even easy to find. I think you have to Google it more than anything. It's not like if you go on the Royal Caribbean website, it's front and center. So just one of those things that does exist, but again, not a fan. Next email is from Steve who's writing to us about episode 434. Uh, I enjoyed your podcast as always and want to thank you for all the work to prepare them. Listening to episode 434 reminded me of something that happened on disembarkation day on my latest cruise. I was down at guest services and couldn't help overhearing the person next to me. They were requesting more luggage tags to place on their luggage. Had this been the night before disembarkation day, this would not have been unusual. However, this was the morning of disembarkation. So all the luggage had already been moved off the ship. I have no idea how this person used these tags or how they managed to get their luggage off the ship, but I've been amused by it ever since. Lesson to be learned, always get your luggage tags the night before. Steve, thanks for the email, buddy. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, I'm surprised that even guest services gave, maybe they just gave them like, here you go. They're not gonna do you any good, but here you go. Um, I'm not sure, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, people are, you know, unfortunately, there's not everyone who's on a cruise listens to this podcast, reads realcrummingblog.com. You know, it's, it's understandable. Look, if it's your first cruise, I don't necessarily fault people for, you know, maybe being a little confused with how it all works out there. But yeah, it, it, luggage tags the morning your cruise is over doesn't do you any good because the luggage tags, if you're wondering why is this funny, Matt and Steve, the answer is you have to have put your luggage out the night before in order for it to be picked up. So you can't do it the morning of. It's gotta be out, and usually it depends on the ship, something like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, something like that. It needs to be out in the hallway for the crew members to come by and pick it up. When the crew members do pick it up, they bring it down to, well, the lower part of the ship, and then when the ship docks, they deliver it from the ship to the cruise terminal for you to pick up. So it's kind of the reverse of what happens when you drop your luggage off at the cruise terminal to begin your cruise, in which they deliver it to the ship and then back onto your room later on. Same basic idea there. So yeah. Definitely get your luggage tags the night before. Get them even before that. Make sure they're out in the hallway the night before, but make sure you have enough luggage tags. You, you can ask for more luggage tags, and you can also request a different time. Here's a, this, this wasn't Steve's question by any means, but I'm just going to add it on here anyway. If you get a luggage tag number, no matter what your number is, you want a different number, a lower number, like a, which means a, a earlier disembarkation time. Just ask for it. You know, back in the day, I remember this being a big deal to try to get a lower luggage tag number. Uh, be, for whatever reason. But these days, honestly, they don't even bat an eye. They don't even care. Like, what number would you like? What time would you like? Uh -huh. And as long as everyone else on the ship doesn't ask for the exact same time, 
I've never had any problems getting a lower number. So just tell them, you know, if you get a number and it corresponds to like 9 a.m., but you'd like to get off the ship at 8 a.m. for whatever reason, whether you have a good reason or not, maybe you just want to get off the ship early for, you know, just want to be on your way. You can definitely do that. Just ask. So definitely a good tip right there. Thank you, Steve, for the email. Appreciate it. Our next email is from Brad Crosley. Where Hi, Matt. I have a seven-night cruise coming up with double points program. I should get credit for 14 nights. However, if I upgrade to a junior suite or above, would that be double the 14? And if so, would that be 28? Thanks. Brad, it's a great question. So as long as you're, if you're upgrading your room, changing cabins, but you have the same sailing, basically have the same reservation number. That's really the key right here. Then yes, you would get the points, assuming you upgraded the room traditionally. So what I mean by that, Brad, is if you, you know, call your travel agent and say, hey, I'm booked on this cruise for a standard room. Are there any junior suites available? Is there, you know, and can I upgrade to them? And the answer is yes, you pay the fee, you're good to go. And then yes, you would get the double points, double the suite points, which would then be uh, 28. Uh, points total for seven night cruise because it would be uh, usually it's two night two points per night of a cruise for in a junior suite and above and then obviously you double that you get four four times seven twenty eight I think I remember that from from elementary school so the thing is if you do royal up that doesn't count because you didn't pay for it they don't they don't count that aspect of it so uh, it would only be it would only apply if you do it a traditional way of upgrading your room so make sure that's uh, very very clear on that Brad. Thank you for the email there. Our next email is from Scott Campbell. Writes, good afternoon, Matt. We just got back from a sailing on Independence of the Seas at the beginning of last month. It was the first cruise we ever booked directly through Royal Caribbean. So we love being able to do the rail up. And I'm going to stop him right here. By the way, you could do rail up with a travel agent, just FYI for everybody out there. But I'm going to continue with Scott's email. We booked a panoramic ocean view room and bid to get the panoramic ocean view suite. And our bid was accepted. The extra space and the amazing views were great. My only wish is that we sailed more than three nights and it had opportunity to enjoy it more, especially since we had a late departure date due to issues from the sailing before us causing the ship to come in late into Port Canaveral. So my question is this, if Royal Caribbean encourages people to book through a travel advisor, why is it the only way you can bid on a roll up is through Royal Caribbean directly and not use an advisor? Thanks for everything you do and keep up the amazing work. Always look forward to the next podcast episode. Yes, this guy, as I mentioned, I didn't read the whole your email when I stopped there, but you can do Royal up if you booked with a travel agent. That's they're not mutually exclusive uh, as to why you didn't get it before. There's a lot of reasons, potentially, potentially the email went to your travel advisor and they did not forward it over to you. What's supposed to happen is both of you are supposed to get it. You should get the email directly and then your travel agent should get the email as well. And then they can obviously forward that to you. Uh, that, that's an option for you. Number two, regardless if you get the email or not, Scott, you can always go to the Royal Caribbean website and do, go to the Royal Up link. There's one on the homepage, I think, all the time. Or just Google Royal Up, Royal Caribbean. Anyway, when you go there, you can enter your reservation number and your sale date information, and then it will tell you if there is a rail up opportunity and if so you can do it. But to be very, very clear, you can absolutely do rail up through, even if you booked with a travel agent, and I would recommend using a travel agent for a variety of reasons. I've talked about them many, many times on this episode, but I'm sorry, Scott, that there was a little bit of confusion there, but no, you can absolutely do it if you book with a uh, travel agent. Just make sure your travel agent is forwarding you the emails. That may have been the issue uh, w w with why you didn't know about it before, perhaps. I'm not sure. There can be a number of reasons why, you know, Royal Caribbean's emails, uh, you know, whether the reason you get them or don't get them can truly vary all over the place. I've, I've seen it many, many different uh, interpretations or, you know, one person gets the email, someone doesn't get the email. And this is true of not just roll up. I'm talking about like different newsletters, the Crown and Anchor in newsletter. I mean, it's just, it's crazy and it doesn't make any sense, uh, quite frankly. But at the very least, the nice thing about having a travel agent is you have a backup because they should theoretically be getting a copy of the same emails. Oftentimes when I get 
an email from Royal Caribbean that, you know, like Royal Up or something like that, my travel agent forwards me that same email like a minute or two later saying FYI in case you need this. So something to keep in mind there. Thank you, Scott, for the email there. Uh, speaking of Royal Up, we have another email about that. And it's from John Lusker. As we've been on Royal Up for any of the three cabin upgrades. Typically, how far in advance of the cruise date do they let you know which upgrade you want? John, thank you for the email. So the answer to your question is it really depends. There is no set time of when Royal Caribbean can actually decide if your bid worked or not. So for those who don't know, Royal Up is the, is the cabin bidding upgrade program. Basically, it's a blind bidding system. So you tell Royal Caribbean, hey, if there was a room available in this category, I would be willing to pay X dollars for it. And you have no idea if someone else bid on it or how much they bid on it. That's the thing, right? It's it's blind. It's not like eBay where you can see what the winning bid is. So you, they, Royal Caribbean gives you an idea of what to bid, but you know it, it's just that. On top of that, just because you get an email from Royal Caribbean saying there's a rail up opportunity does not mean there's actually a cabin upgrade. Royal Up was, in my opinion, was implemented for a couple of reasons. Number one, to make more money. Obviously, it's people who are willing to now say, I'll pay this much more to upgrade. But also, it helps protect Royal Caribbean in scenarios in which people cancel at the last minute. Before Royal Up, if someone were to cancel a cruise at the last minute, you know, with a couple of weeks before the cruise, a couple of days before the cruise, they would be kind of stuck with being able to sell that room because it would, at best, go back into the regular room inventory program. But when you only have a couple of days left in the cruise, a couple of weeks left, it can be difficult to sell that room. Instead, it's actually better for Royal Caribbean to take you, someone like John here, pay money to upgrade their room. So they paid for the room. Now they're paying more money to upgrade to their room. And then meanwhile, if their bid is upgraded or accepted, their original room, which is going to be more attractive from a pricing standpoint, like, you know, advertising, like, hey, you can go on the sailing for as little as blank dollars. That room goes back into the inventory and that is an easier sell in the short term. Because if it's if we're talking like you know last minute cruises, always the cheap smaller cabins are going to sell faster and easier than the big you know, expensive cabins. So all that being said, there is no time frame in which there's actually an opportunity for you to know when Royal Caribbean will, will accept your bid. They can use it at the very last minute, which is usually what they use Royal up for. Somebody cancels, which happens all the time. People think people really cancel a cruise, you know a week, two weeks, two days before the cruise? And the answer is yes, all the time. But the uh, the idea is that they can use rail up not only to fill up rooms that haven't been sold, but also in case a room opens up. And that's why, John, there isn't necessarily a timeline in which you can know, okay, well, here we, we've passed the point of no return. My bids will not be accepted anymore. I've seen some people who got room upgrades a day before their cruise. It's it's not unusual or unheard of to, to occur. So... Basically, if you put a rail up bid in there, you're kind of on the hook until you see that your bid has been rejected. And uh, again, that could be a couple days, a couple weeks before your cruise. Just you never really know. But thank you for the email, John. Hopefully that answers your question there. And uh, our next email is from Keith Peters of Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Matt, I recently said to my wife, we need to take a three-day cruise with our kids. So I YOLO booked it. It'll be my birthday present to me and them. Mind you, our kids are 20, 27, and 29. So we're all looking at the deluxe beverage package. I was surprised that the price of the package had gone up from our last cruise in 2017. Have the prices of the drinks gone up or is it just the package or the length of the cruise? Thanks for all you do, keeping us thinking of our next Royal Caribbean cruise. Keith, thank you for the email. And, you know, the drink package prices have gone up. There's a, there's a little bit of a game to it, certainly. Number one, the drink package prices are not the same uh, for every sailing. The price varies from ship to ship and sailing to sailing. And since you're going on a three-night cruise, 
there's going to be a lot more people who want to book a drink package on a three-night cruise than, say, a seven-night cruise. Why is that? Well, think about it. It's a short cruise. Anybody can break even on a shorter cruise and a longer cruise. The longer the sailing, the harder it is as a consumer to, quote-unquote, break even on your drink package investment, meaning... You know, if you're drinking every day of the cruise with a drink package, you know, eventually you might be saying, oh boy, I don't think I want to drink anymore. Maybe I want to take a break from it. And that's where Royal Caribbean really makes their money. On short cruises, which are weekend cruises, you know, these three-nighters, you know, anybody can really get their drink on for that. So you see higher prices typically per day compared to a longer cruise. Uh, in terms of the drinks themselves, the prices have been pretty stagnant for a while now. You're probably going to be paying most cocktails coming at Depends on the ship, twelve or thirteen dollars. The drink package covers them. Not to worry about that in almost all situations. But you know, your beers are eight to ten dollars, or around, actually they're around eight dollars. The cocktail mixed drinks are you know ten to twelve or thirteen dollars. Um, you know, it the the prices haven't changed all that much, but the drink package prices certainly have gone up because they've been very very popular. Uh, drink packages have been something that you know you go back into the very early episodes of this podcast and i got to apologize in advance if you do that because i sound i'm like reading like a robot like hello my name is matt because back then i read off a script because i was too nervous to do this just ad hoc and now i do it well for better or worse i do it ad hoc now so I'm a little, i feel like it's more of a conversation rather than it sounds like me reading off a piece of paper but nonetheless um the 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 evolution of the drink package the demand for them has gone up over time no question about it uh, when i when drink packages first came out I think they were very much viewed as like a, I'm not so sure about that. Whereas today, I know a lot of people who absolutely love the drink package, myself included. I was a drink package hater in the beginning, and now I absolutely love it because I think it's just well worth it in terms of a value standpoint and the convenience factor, especially. But, you know, the pricing has just been a reflection of that. And certainly the prices are all over the place. So a couple things, Keith, to keep in mind about the drink package. Number one, if you're going to book the drink package, I would say just book it now, lock in the price. And on the Cruise Planner website, if there's a better price, Keith, tomorrow, next week, next month, you can always cancel and rebook the drink package and get the lower price. The reason why I want to tell you to book it now and not just see if there's a lower price later is sometimes the price actually goes up. So by booking it now, you guard against a price increase, but you're still able to take advantage of a price decrease if there was one to be there and there's no penalty for doing that. It's pretty easy to do on the Royal Caribbean Cruise Planner website. So my advice is if you know you want to get the drink package, and it sounds like all of you are looking at this idea, I would book it now, lock in the price and just keep an eye on it. Just, you know, monitor every now and then check in every couple of days or weeks and, you know, verify the price has not changed. And if it does cancel rebook and you are good to go. So hopefully that answers your question there. And uh, yeah, enjoy your birthday cruise. And boy, your kids are lucky that you're celebrating in style with drink packages. We love it. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you want to send me your emails to be read, and there's a good chance it'll be read pretty quickly, send it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hodgeberg, and we'll talk again real soon.